What's going on, everybody? This is Brian Turner here with another episode of the No Stress Midwest podcast. We are here with C- or here on season two. Um, we're joined by a very special guest, Miss JC Johnson. JC, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you, Brian? I'm doing good. Now, JC, you're here in KC. I just found out. Um, <laughs> yes. So we probably could have like had a cup of coffee and, and had this in person. That might have been pretty cool. But I know. Oh, well. Um, what brings you back into, into the area? Uh, I was coming back down to see my family mainly. Um, and then I have some free time now that college soccer is kind of on a pause for at least the Big Ten at the moment. Um, so I wanted to come home and train with my trainer uh, at a greater U. So kind of two, two of my main reasons for coming back to Casey. Cool. So you mentioned, and we'll kind of get into that um, in a little bit, but you mentioned uh, college is over. So I know a lot of us think you are still in college. That's how young you look. <laughs> Kind of talk. What, what what do you mean by that? Uh, I went to the University of Nebraska in Lincoln, and I played there. I graduated in 2017, and ironically, kind of came full circle. I'm back there now helping coach the women's program. Um, so, yeah, full circle. Now I'm on the other side of things, which is really weird. But, um, yeah, so, oh, oh. this is my dog. <laughs> What's, what's his name? This is Lulu. She's Lulu. a yellow lab. She's three okay. years old. Um, Lulu. But, yeah, so I'm back in Nebraska coaching. Uh, it was really weird with COVID. The Big Ten did not have a season this year. We're planning on starting up next February. Gotcha. Okay, so that's a full circle for us in a big picture. Yes. Um, but let's, <laughs> let's break that circle up into little steps here as we, as we move around. <laughs> So uh, before all of that, before college, you started playing, right, somewhere. Yeah. Um, what kind of got you involved with soccer? Did you play other sports? Uh, was it tough being um, a girl, maybe playing soccer in, in the area at the time? Kind of talk to us about all that. Yeah. Um, well, I have older brothers, and they all played soccer, so – when I was three, my parents decided, well, all your brothers have done it, so we'll just put you through it. They all enjoyed it. And, well, I guess once I started playing when I was three, I haven't stopped and haven't looked back. So, I, yeah, I kind of had to thank my brothers for, like, getting soccer introduced to me because they all played it. And so my parents decided, like, I'm the baby. I'm, I'm, I'm the youngest one. So they're like, okay, it's your turn. Like, let's see how you like it because they all were still playing. Right. when I started. So that was kind of like the easy little stepping stones for me. So uh, the oldest brother, uh, how old is he? What's that age difference between you two? So I'm 25. My oldest brother is 31. So there's okay. a six so year gap between okay. all of them. All right. um, so they were all still playing when I first started. So were there a lot of epic uh, Johnson soccer <laughs> matches at the house, probably indoors at mom's and dad's expense? Yes, indoors. We started when I was little since I wasn't like, I was so small. I'm still right. not the biggest. I'm only like 5'5". Five, five. So I was still really small compared to all my brothers. So we they started easy on me. And then when I got older, we finally got like a bigger like goal in our backyard. And we would have 
like horse wars game yeah. on like one v ones like after like I, I think I got when I was like eight like things started to get really real for me against my brothers because they're like you're not that little right now like, yeah welcome to the pack now exactly so yeah we had a lot of competitive battles in our backyard any any broken bones or anything any broken windows any any broken stuff like that shockingly no we no? never okay. we never cool. broke anything Good we job. might have we slightly maybe like might have had some like concussions but like you know you're a kid like yeah you know yeah yeah, it's yeah. like kind of dusted off. Keep going. Yeah, uh, and so it's funny. So if, if my mom listens to this, I I I don't know if she is or not, but <laughs> I was an only child, and I used to dribble around the house, and we had a cat, and I would try juggling and do stuff, and I would break stuff all the time, and I would always blame it on the cat. Always. I mean, that's a that's an easy uh, outlet. Yeah, well, I always thought so, and she was like, she'd get mad at the cat, and then like I could, I could feel the cat looking at me. <laughs> you know, like I was just like, don't, don't make eye contact. Um, but okay, so you got started. You had the older brothers that got you involved. Um, so then, when did you get into club? Like, I'm sure you started at like a rec league yeah. as a youth, and then when did you kind of make that transition to say, hey? I want to do this at a, a higher level. Yeah, uh, I was like six and a half, seven okay. is when I kind of went the club route. I started out with Scream, which is now KC Select, which I don't know what they are now. There's too many clubs. KC Select has <laughs> renamed a, a, a zillion times. I don't yeah. know what it is now. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. There's way too many clubs now in Kansas City than there was back when I was in that era. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started with Screen that is now KC Select, which evolved to whatever it is now. And, and then uh, after that, I was there for, I think, till I was like maybe 10, nine and a half. And then I went to the Pink Panthers, um, Pink. which that's like a Lee Summit team. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. We, Blinky, we were I, not highly, <laughs> we yeah. were highly liked. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But that's – I went to the Pink Panthers. I was there until our, – our coach was Tim Richardson. He was a yeah. high school coach. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't play for him once you got to a high school age. Uh, so once I hit high school, I went to KCFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with Gags there. I was playing a year up, actually. Richard. Yeah. Gags Richard, yeah. I was playing a year up with him, and then they wanted to go two years up, and my mom's kind of like – you're not to that point yet with like my growth. I, I was still really, really, really small, right. like very small. So my mom's like, ah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. So then not. I went to, yeah. So she's like, let's kind of not get you injured yet. Like, so then I went to Blue Valley and I was there for maybe like half a season. I did not like it. Um, no offense to them. I just, it wasn't the club for me. Yeah. So then I went back to KCFC and I was there for the rest of my club career till I went to college. Okay. And then um, I guess they merged to Sporting Blue Valley. Yeah, yeah. The, so I'm guessing Blue Valley Stars was was it the Blue Valley? Sorry, you you froze on me. First. Yeah, sorry, I froze. Yeah, a Blue Valley Stars. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. It, um, the big merger. Right. Yeah, I, I think it was one of our guests, either Addison or or Hallie. Clanky. Hallie. 
played for the Pink Panthers as well under yeah. Tim Richards. I think it was Clanky, yeah, because she's yeah. from Missouri. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, okay. So that's how we kind of got started. That was our little club path. Yeah. Now, any memorable coaches? You mentioned Gags, who is now uh, a head coach at Blue Valley yeah. High School. Uh, uh, so I coach against yes. him now. He's a yes. guy. Uh, so I won't yeah. – give you my biased opinion, but <laughs> um, coaches. Yeah, I have, I mean, all of my coaches were amazing with me. I only had about five throughout my club career. So like I, I loved every single one of them, but the two that stuck out for me the most would have been Tim Richardson. Cause he, I had him so early in my like developmental stages of yeah. just like my footwork skills and like just the ability to like get that, commitment to using my left and right foot and not just staying like right foot dominant so he was a very instrumental part of like my development growing up I loved every day with him every practice was there was something new but we always came back to like the same topics of like this is your core values and like you need to build off of this mm -hmm. so I really loved those practices very competitive and then Richard Davies um also known as TV mm -hmm. uh he was one of my main club coaches for a while too and I just loved him he it was just a competition he cared about us so much um he was kind of like a father to all of us so he took care of there's only like 11 of us 12 of us on the team so like right. we had a small team so like everything was competitive but like we were a huge family for so sure. like he he made a great environment for <laughs> the core of us that were there with him that's cool and and you know, as a, a coach now, and being a, I mean, obviously a player, I can remember as a player, some of those coaches who like, really made me fall back in love with the game or really taught me something that yeah. I still still use. And then as a coach, you want to be that right. And now you can attest to that as a coach, you want to be that person that when a podcast comes out in 20 years, they're like, yeah, JC Johnson. I loved her my first year in Nebraska. She was awesome. Um, yeah. All right, so let's get into high school now. Okay. So I, was, I was reading this, and I don't know if I'm just doing a really good job at picking guests that were just badasses in high school, <laughs> but, man, I was reading this. So, you guys, J.C. Johnson, 195 goals in four years, which is in its own level. Uh, all state for four years, all American and uh, all American and her junior year Gatorade, Missouri State Player of the Year, senior year four star recruit, 148th player ranking in the country. Um, so like, wow, what was high school like for you? Uh, 195 goals. Like, are you kind of bummed you didn't get 200? Are you like, man, 195 goals is like that's crazy so talk to yeah. me yeah i mean i high school i had mixed emotions about it um i enjoyed it i loved all my teammates the girls i played with were amazing uh it's just yeah i i scored a lot that was my thing i was a forward attacker i i loved scoring goals i get very emotional i get so excited that's just how I was in high school but I mean I definitely think I could have got past 200 um but there's some circumstances that didn't allow me to which is fine I'm not bitter about it I enjoyed my high school career I 
I had a lot of accolades, as you said, it was fun. Um, it prepared me to go to bigger and better things. Um, so I can't complain. High school was really fun. I yeah. was a couple of goals off of breaking the Missouri state record of single season scoring. Um, I would have read one of my longtime friends, Morgan Marlboro. She went to North. Yeah. Um, so that was one of the only things I was kind of bummed about. I kind of wanted to like get that over her because she sure. was an amazing player. She also like continued her career at Nebraska and then she transferred to Santa Clara. So she was kind of like someone I looked up to and I was mm -hmm. like, I wanted to be her mini me. Um, so that was one thing I was like, oh, I wish I could have like gotten those. I needed three goals. So, yeah. oh, but I know, but I was, I loved high school. It was fun. It like challenged me in ways that I didn't think it could challenge me. Um, mm. especially mentally, I had to like mentally stay engaged with a lot of things and kind of adjust. Cause it, it's very different from club soccer. For um, sure. So that was like a very good challenge for me to like get <clears throat> mentally stable before I went to college. Yeah. Because college is a different animal than anything you experience high school or club. Even if like I played in the highest club league in ECNL and like that mm -hmm. still doesn't prepare you for what you're going to endure in college. In college so right. that kind of helped me start some stepping stones to getting like mentally prepared and like physically prepared to go to Nebraska and compete in the big 10. Okay. Now, before we get to college, you, you, you touched on a good point and, and, and I wanted to bring it up because I've seen it personally as a coach. So you talked about mentally the, the toll or effect that high school soccer had on you. And sure, it's high school soccer, but I, I'm sure it's also high school in general and dealing with school and dealing with getting your license and driving to see your friends and hanging out with, you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend and going to get food and, you know, just doing all this stuff that comes with high school and trying to get into college, right? So it's a lot of stressors that are on these oh. players that I think we totally discredit and like just say, hey, deal with it. When yeah. now I think getting into college is like more stressful than ever. Um, and, and I just want to know what were some of the things that you did to, you said prepare yourself, but what were some of the things you did that you, you recognized in high school and was able to deal with that prepared you for college? Yeah. I mean, for me, I committed really early to Nebraska. Okay. I, I committed at the beginning of my sophomore year. All right. So after that kind of happened, I really had to treat high school kind of like a job mm -hmm. because I couldn't risk getting in trouble. I couldn't risk getting injured. I couldn't risk all of these things that maybe all of the other high school students could do who, who were athletes or weren't athletes. But like, I already kind of had like my job set up. Mm -hmm. So like I had to be very extra careful with everything I did, making sure like I was kind of like a top student, top athlete. Like I just knew like I couldn't risk getting my scholarship taken away. I couldn't yeah. risk like, getting injured like I had to just be very conscious of everything that I did to make sure I was representing myself in the best possible way to then represent myself at Nebraska so I like couldn't do all the normal things kids did like I wasn't staying out late I wasn't going out to like parties or like if I did occasionally go out like I had to be very aware of my surroundings and like sure. there was alcohol there it's high school I mean everyone knows yeah happens. like I had to remove myself from that situation I had to be careful Cause like I wasn't going to risk my future, like my potential in future. So 
I like, that was a stressor on me that I know I had to deal with. And like nowadays I know kids, like it's so much different than when I was in school. So I can only imagine the stress that they're dealing with now that like just kids are starting to drive earlier. Like, it's just like a different one. Well, social media now, man, exactly. It's so crazy. Like it's, it man, blows my it, mind. Yeah. It's so crazy how it is evolved. Yeah. And like, Man, I, I mean, not saying that social media wasn't out like when I no, but like it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, when yeah. I was in high school, like people, it wasn't like people weren't wrapped around the idea of like I have to post everything I'm doing. Right. I need to show you where I'm at, who I'm with. Like that really wasn't everyone's main focus back then, which I'm kind of thankful for because that like I feel like it's it can it can be a great thing. It can be but a great platform, be, yeah, but it but, can also be so toxic yeah. and just. Yep. mind bottling of like the ways that people can use it well and, and luckily for me when i was in high school we didn't have smartphones like they yeah we didn't have phones that cell phones that could go online and my space was like the only thing yeah so like i mean geez yeah. it's a different uh, day and age now. yeah um but okay so before i mean you mentioned you you committed early to nebraska so do you think the club was probably the bigger uh, thing that helped you for college? Or do you think that a really good freshman year on top of club, or do you think it was mostly high school uh, that um, helped you with Nebraska? Definitely I'm going to credit my club soccer way more because <coughs> soccer, you have the freedom to travel to all these showcases. You mm -hmm. can go to all these different places where college coaches can come see you and it's going to be a better environment for the college coaches. It's going to be more competitive. It's going to be, you actually have to showcase your talents more right. than what my high school experience was. Granted, we had great teams in Kansas city that I like that we did face, but almost every club soccer game that I played when I got to that recruiting age, it was like tooth and nail. It was a battle. Like I had to be all on my A game. All-star yeah. team of high school kids. It was it was a all yeah. like my team was an all-star team of Kansas City area girls that were my age. Like yeah. we all went and played college soccer. Like I think there's only two girls that didn't go play college soccer. So out of all of us, we were we were recruiting so much attention to our team for college coaches to come watch us. Yeah. So Club soccer definitely had more of a factor in my college recruitment, getting my name out there and allowing coaches to send me information and to get in contact with me. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> what uh, were you having a lot of colleges that were recruiting you? Um, obviously being, uh, I mean, and I'm sure maybe it came later, but, were there a lot of schools that are of interest? What drew you to Nebraska? Um, something that I'm really big in as a coach is telling my players, like, yes, I understand you all want to play at these certain programs, but the school has to be a right fit. They have to have your major. There's certain things that, like, regardless yeah. of the sport, the, the college, the university has to feel home. So what yeah. was the recruiting phase, and what made you kind of decide on Nebraska? Yeah, so when I was little, I always went to college camps. They hosted camps, and that was another easy way to, like, meet college coaches, kind of get your name out in a sense to let them see kind of what you can do because they teach you some of the stuff that they, like, do with their college kids. So yeah. 
I went to a Nebraska camp because a good amount of Kansas City girls actually went to Nebraska. So they like they invited me and a couple of my friends, like club girls up to come to their camp. They're like, you should just come. Like, it's really fun. We'll be your guys' coaches. Like, we'll help you. So, like, we were all for it. We were so excited. Like, wow, we, like, we know the college girls. Like, we know our coaches. Yeah. So I went to a camp when I was 10. And after I went to that camp, I, I fell in love with Nebraska. Like, it kind of – that was, like, it for me. Yeah. But I, I was still open to other campuses, colleges, whatever. I was still open. But I was just, like – I was blown away in Nebraska. I know right. it sounds weird. It's Lincoln, Nebraska. It's literally in the middle of the country. <laughs> but I, like, we toured their campuses. Like, we toured the facilities. I saw everything that Nebraska had to offer to the student athlete. Yeah. And meeting Coach Walker, he was just such a straight standout guy that I was just, like, I respected him. And I was, like, I, I want to play for him. He, like, he would get the best out of me. Mm-hmm. And I know that he – would then and like give it back to me and like help me in my career outside of soccer and like with I had bigger goals I wanted to play on the national team I wanted to go pro whatever it was I knew he would be able to help me in that area right so once I went there and I saw the camp and I learned all the skills and like went through everything it kind of just matched my personality and it matched my game and like my growth so I was just, I was all in. I, I, told yeah. my, I told my parents on the way home, I was like, I want to come to school here. This is, this is where I want to be. And I, both my parents were like, that's great, but we need to keep like the options open. Like I was 10, like, like you don't know, like right. you don't know if you'll get a scholarship. You don't know if you're good enough. Like, like I still yeah, have. Mom, mom, dad, I hear you. I told you I'm going to Nebraska. Yeah. I got it. So like, yeah, as soon when I went through when I was 10, I, fell in love like one of my roommates uh Sydney Marimontes she was from Kansas City we ended up both going there and she's like ever since you were 10 you've been talking about this and she's like you're living your dream I was like I know like this is what I wanted and this is exactly where I wanted to be so it kind of was weird that when I was 10 I kind of knew like oh that's my future home so right that's awesome and and it's kind of really similar stories in with with clanky as well she went to a unc camp uh when she was a, a kid yeah. and got a picture with anson dorns and said like at that moment i knew i wanted to play at, at unc and similar and just like you here she is now living out her dream so i know i'm so proud awesome. of her i got to train with her and casey a couple times before she actually left to unc and i was just like i was so happy for her she told me her story and i was like that's amazing. I was like, you're going to do so many great things. And she's been scoring. She's been playing so many minutes there. So it's so exciting to see her doing her thing out there. Are you a student that's struggling a little bit with the hybrid and virtual learning and looking to get just a little more help academically? Or are you a parent that has a child who's struggling to keep that same level of discipline and rigor that they had in the classroom at home? If any of these apply to you, check out No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service where we offer both in-person and virtual tutoring. One of the things that separates us from others is that all of our tutors are board certified educators in Kansas and Missouri in a variety of specialty topics and familiar with the latest curriculum in school districts around the metro area. 
We are passionate about helping students achieve their goals in the classroom and also committed to helping students build the necessary skills and tools they will need in the future to succeed on their own. Our team follows the latest guidelines from the CDC. We require masks for all in-person tutoring to protect both the student and the tutor. Our tutors will either travel to your home or meet at a predetermined location to conduct all in-person tutoring sessions. All we need is a space for learning and we're ready to go. At No Stress Midwest, we truly believe in developing the well-rounded student athlete. No Stress Midwest does not tell you what to think, but teaches you how to think. No Stress Midwest Education, an academic tutoring service. For more information, visit www.nostressmidwest.com backslash education. Yeah, no, I was actually, before we hopped on, they're doing a replay of UNC versus Virginia Tech. I think oh, okay. Semifinal. So I was watching her get some minutes there. Um, all right, so you got to Nebraska. Freshman year, you led the team, was it 17 goals? Uh, and you were one of only five players to score four goals in an NCAA tourney game. So I said one of only five players ever. Uh, but then let me add that she was a freshman when she did all that. <laughs> so freshman year, you made the all NCAA all freshman team. Like, it just seems like you just can't stop putting the ball in the back of the net. What was your freshman year like? Hi, yes. My my freshman year was a fairy tale for <laughs> incoming freshmen and everything that that team accomplished and that I was a part of. I couldn't have written it any better. It was such just an amazing, memorable year for me. Yeah. And that 2013 Nebraska soccer team, it was that summer I went early. I We went there. We reported in May. So we were there all did you graduate summer. early, high school yeah. early, or did you just not I, get the graduation? I didn't graduate early. Yeah. I just we ended Missouri ended really early that year for the seniors. I don't know why, but I graduated. You were going to Nebraska. I guess it kind of uh, worked out great. Like, I graduated high school. I had about like twelve days in Kansas City before I moved up to Lincoln. Okay. So Right after I graduated, I was immediately, I was gone. I went up there. I was taking summer classes. Most, almost the whole team was in Lincoln and we were training all summer, early morning runs, workouts, scrimmages, getting us like into that environment and adjusting us and getting ready for yeah. our season. And like the upperclassmen were like, we're going to win a big 10 championship. This is our year. We're putting the work in now to then get rewarded. Like I think, that year we were supposed to like finish ninth in the big 10. Like we were not even supposed to be anywhere near the top. Yeah. So it was just so fun to just see our progression throughout the whole season. I think we only lost three games that season. So like, it was amazing to just see every game we were getting better and better and better and better. And then by the end of it, we had two big 10 championships and we were ranked second in the NCAA tournament going into that selection show. So it was just like a fairy tale. The fact that personally for me, I was able to help so much by scoring and just doing anything I could to get our team to win and to keep advancing and just to keep improving every game. And all of that while 
at what seven years ago you made the commitment of wanting to play there so now it's all a fairy tale that's just like yes yeah did you think that you were dreaming at any point of it did yeah. you try waking up i i when we won the big 10 conference when we beat penn state we had beat penn state Mm-hmm. to like have a chance to win we played indiana the next our next game on senior day we had to beat penn state right once we beat penn state it kind of like it was kind of becoming a little bit more real to me that like we were one game away from yeah. winning it all it right there and like our penn state game we went into double overtime i scored the winning goal with like a minute 20 oh, left i got and you. like I got it you. was just like that and that moment, I remember I cried after that game because I was so emotional. Yeah. I was just like, what is going on? Like, we were not projected to even be this good. And we just beat Penn State, who had won it for the past 15 years. No one had beaten them. And, like, I was just like, what is what is going on? Like, this is not real life. Like, this is not going to be my freshman year. This is not how, like, the, the story is going to be written. Like, it right. was just – once we won the Big Ten conference, once we beat Indiana at home, I remember like that night, I was just like, holy crap. Like yep. that was not a dream. Like that happened. Like we we, we won that. Yep. Like after that game, our whole team went over to one of the girls' houses and like we all were just celebrating. Like we were all just like in disbelief, but so proud that we accomplished what we wanted to accomplish and like what yeah. we put our mindset to. And it was just, I still get goosebumps thinking about it because I'm just like, that That was amazing. Like, that that set the tone for my college career. And, like, sure. I was just like, nothing's going to beat this because this was just, this was too good to be true. Yeah. No. So, listen, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Like, I, I'm, I'm feeling it. If the people, if you guys are just listening, you can't see her smile, but you can, I'm sure you can feel it. For the people that are watching, you can see how excited she is about telling this story and reliving the moment. So, man, that's that's awesome. Um, so after your freshman year, I, I think I read it right, you spent some time with the U.S. national youth team, right, the U23s. So, yeah, I actually I got called into the U20s first. 20, okay. And then after that, I went in with the U23s. Okay, and what was your time like with the the national team? Um, any people that you played with there that then you played against in college, or you know, any friendships that were made one place or the other? Yeah, um, being with the U twenties and U twenty threes is a really exciting thing for me. I always wanted to be a part of the national team system <clears throat> in any way I could. Um, so once I got that call and when I was in camps, it was kind of really nerve wracking for me because I'd never been in that environment before. And most of these girls that I was with have been in it for since you. their youth days. Yeah. So it was kind of a big change for me um, just to be like my first camp. I remember I was really nervous the whole week, but it was really fun. Like you learn a lot, you develop a lot. So, but one thing, um, when I was calling into every camp I went to, Rose Favelle was there too. Um, she went to Wisconsin, so she was in the Big Ten. So me okay. and her got to bond with that. And every time we played each other, we would just laugh because we were normally marking each other. We were around each other. 
for most of the game. Yeah. So me and, her, me and her would always laugh and we were just always good to see each other and she's doing amazing things now. So I'm so proud of her. But the soccer world, people think it's very big, but it is a very small world. Very. And your past cross at all times, it's crazy, and but yep. it's so fun because you remember those connections and you remember those friendships. And every time you see one another, it's just like, where do I know you from? This is it. And it's like natural, like you've known each other for a long time. So the soccer rule is an amazing mm -hmm. thing. I love it. Um, I went pro and like seeing all these girls that I went to national team camps with played against, like you just pick up where you left off and like, it's so fun. Everyone's so sweet. Everyone's so nice. And it's just a very fun competitive environment because everyone wants to win. Everyone's just as good as you, if not better. So you're always striving to get better and like everyone wants you to get better. And it's always just like a really fun competitive environment. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's awesome. And so, and being with the, the youth national team, I've talked with a few guests uh, that have all been a part of it. So, uh what did you think was the biggest adjustment whether it was physically mentally or emotionally with yeah. going from your let's say club or colleg collegiate team to the nat youth national team and the camps and all that what, what was the biggest thing that that you had to adjust to yeah for me it was more mentally than physically like physically i i mean Two days is never fun, let's be honest. But, right. like, it's – you adjust, you recover, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, like, mentally, it's it's taxing. It, it does take a toll on you mentally because you're thrown into a new environment. You're learning a completely new system. Mm -hmm. And you're with people you don't play with. Like, right. it's the best of the best coming together, and you have to adjust. And for me, like, I'd never been to a camp before. So, like, I really had to adjust. These girls knew each other. Yeah. They played with each other for whatever, any certain times. So, like, for me, it was really hard mentally just to stay focused and, like, to not get down on myself. If I didn't understand completely what they were doing, it might have taken me, like, a, a second to finally catch on. But, like, I did finally catch on. But it is a hard mental thing for me personally um, physically, it's fine. It's really fun. You're playing soccer with some of the best, like, and representing your country. Like, you can't blend with that. But mentally, it's just adjusting to the system and, like, what they're teaching you because you're only there for seven to ten days and you have to retain all this information and then you have to apply it to the best of your ability. But also, you have to impress the coaching staff to make them want to play you, call you back, and, like, keep you in that system. So, like, mentally, you have to always just be locked in and, like, if you mess up, it's fine. You have to forget about it and move on. And you just have yep. to keep moving on from play to play to play. So, like, mentally, you have to just, like, locked in, ready to go. Like, it's a roller coaster ride. But in the end, it's amazing to, like, just see your accomplishments and everything that you did with it and just know, like, you're representing your country. So, like, just enjoy that yeah, moment. For sure. Okay, so after all of this, now the, the stories have been – Awesome to hear, but then we have, I'm not going to say it's a down part, but it's, it's where I think JC, in my opinion, you face the most adversity in your young playing career. So we, we suffered our first ACL injury, right? Was it the sophomore year? Uh, it was my junior year. It was, junior right, year. it was right back when I, I 
went to Norway with the U23s. I came home. I did all my summer training. I had like two weeks, and then we started season. So I was kind of on a really high. I was like, I just, I just did this. Like I represented my country. We won the tournament. Now let's go into season. I was ready for it. I was like, it's my junior year. Like I'm a veteran now. Like here we go. And here we go. Right. So (laughs) here we go. (laughs) Right. Your first season ending surgery, right? The torn ACL. Yeah. Talk to me about it because I know uh, a very big thing, and especially uh, female athletes, is the ACL, the MCL tear. So, yeah, what what do you think caused it? What went through your head? What was the movement, if you remember? Like, what yeah. you trying to talk talk us through it a bit. So we were playing Penn State at home, and it was the twentieth minute, at least, or even before that, it was really, it was really early in the game. And I, um, I was dribbling down the left-hand side of the goal. I was, I think I was going North. I don't know, but I was going towards Penn state's goal and I was like, kind of like halfway outside of the 18 and I was trying to get around the defender, but she like nudged it. uh, Like she toe poked it towards like the goal line. Mm -hmm. So I like stepped across her and I was just like shielding out of bounds to get a corner because there's no way I was going to get around her. And I like had planted and I like put my body out to just protect the ball to go out of bounds. And she just came in from the side and chopped at my leg and hit like the top part of like my quad right above my knee. And like Uh my leg was fully extended. So as soon as she hit it, my knee caved in and like, I kind of felt a pop, but I was like, Oh, it's whatever. So yeah. like, I went, I went down from the impact and I tried to get back up and my leg gave out and I, I just collapsed back down. And at that point I was like, all right, I did something. I don't know what I did, yeah. but like I did something. Yeah. And there's actually, there's a photo of me. I remember of like my trainer carrying me off the field and I'm just crying. Yeah. And like, every time I see that photo, I'm just like, Ah, yeah, pains me. So I get my MRI, ACL, MCL tear. I have to do prehab to heal my MCL because that can heal on its own. Unlike your ACL, unfortunately, your MCL can heal on your own. So I had four weeks of prehab, and then I got my surgery at the end of October. I think it was like October twenty fourth of two thousand fifteen. So that was still early in the – well, I mean, midway through the season for – That was actually our first conference game. So it was – we opened up with Penn State. So I I missed the rest of conference play. So that was kind of like a dagger to me. If I wouldn't have played those 20 minutes, I could have redshirted and got another year. So, like, I could have probably fought it and, like, maybe got another year out of it. But I was just so, like, mentally – I was just so mentally done with it that I was like, mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, I'm just going to get ready for my senior year. I'm, that's just what I'm going to prepare for. That's, right. That was my main focus. Like, I was like, I don't want to fight it. I don't want to deal with it. I just want to focusly zoom, like zone in. Senior year is what I'm working towards. Right. Okay. So you get to your senior year, right? And, yeah. And, and after the senior year, you were selected. I, yeah. So my senior year, I got through it. No problems. Yeah. I was healthy. I 
entered my name into the 2017 draft and USL draft, I was still training with Nebraska, even though like our season was done. Uh, I was still training because I just, I wanted to keep my fitness up, like game fitness, touches. <sighs> December 1st. Yeah, December 1st. It was right after Thanksgiving break. We came back, we were scrimmaging. The last like two minutes of the scrimmage, I retore my ACL. Oh my goodness. So it was right before the draft. Um, it was another contact injury. A goalkeeper came out, just oh, clobbered me, whatever. This one was worse. This one this I did. The same, the same ACL? Same, my right ACL. Okay. Same knee. I tore my ACL, MCL. I had meniscus and cartilage damage. Oh, man. So I did more this time. Yeah. So December 15th, I get my surgery. I'm back, back in the races, back, back in my rehab. One of the hardest things during that rehab was I actually, like, a week after my surgery, I got called in to a U23 camp, and they didn't know that I had torn my ACL. They did not know I was injured. They yeah. had no, they had no idea, and that kind of broke me. For sure. Oh, even for sure. that 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 broke me even more than retearing my ACL. Not like, I mean, I, I didn't think I was going to get drafted. I was like, I just retore my same ACL. It is my second ACL within like that, a 13 yeah. and a half month time yeah. period of recovery. Yeah. So I, I was just like, all right, odds are really against me right now. I just retore my ACL. I was not probably going to get drafted. I just got called back into a national team camp couldn't go I was just like what else are you going to throw at me at this point in time yeah but are you ready to take your game to the next level trust the process and sign up for no stress midwest training today at www.nostressmidwest.com slash training no stress midwest primarily offers training for soccer players on the individual group and team settings of all ages and skill sets our training is customized for the player and our goal in doing that is to continue to grow the love of the game build a personal desire to want to develop and create the chance and choice for the player to play at the next level we have developed a unique solution here at No Stress Midwest Training, showing our clients that you can have fun while still getting better. By creating a unique training environment customized to the player, we feel that not only are we able to get the most out of the individual by creating a no stress environment, but we are also teaching them fundamentals that they can carry off the field and apply in their everyday life. Visit our website at www.nostressmidwest.com backslash training and sign up for your first session today. Fast forward, draft day comes. I'm, I'm driving home. Yeah, um, talk to me. Talk to me about Because <laughs> everyone, everyone I've spoke to that's been drafted has a different story. And none yeah. of them. Or what I would picture like draft situation is like. So talk to me, JC. What? Let's hear your, yeah. your um, draft story. So it was on a Friday and it was in January. I don't remember the exact day, but I was watching the draft that whole morning. I had class, I had two classes that morning. So 
a good student I was. Don't listen to me, kids. Of <laughs> Pay course. attention in school. Right, of um, course. I was multitasking. Uh, I was watching the draft because so many of my friends were in the draft. So I was like, draft, yeah. I, w- I want to watch them. Even though like my name might not get called, I want to watch my friends like yeah, do sure. awesome things and see where they end up. So I watched, I think, the first like two rounds. Mm-hmm. And then I – it was a Friday, so I was coming home, back home to Kansas City. I had some family stuff. Um, so I was driving back, and I'm, like, halfway through my drive, and my phone oh, just boom. blowing boom. up. Yeah. Blowing up. People are calling, texting, like, posting about it. And I'm just, like, what? I'm driving, so, like, I'm not on my phone. Yeah. So I'm like, what in the hell is going on? I'm, like, why? Yeah. I was, like, did someone die? Like – I was like, why is my phone blowing up and it won't stop? Yeah. So I pull over on the side of the highway because I'm like, That's awesome. okay, like I need to I gotta out. look at this, yeah. I was like, I need to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. So my my college coach was calling me, ironically, when I pull over. So I answer, I'm like, hi, I was like, Do you know what why everyone's contacting me right now? And he goes, What are you doing? Go, I'm driving home. I was like, I'm in my car right now. And he's like Oh, he goes, so you have no idea what's going on. I go, no. I was like, can you please? That's what I'm asking. Tell me. I was like, please tell me, like, what is going on? He goes, all right. He's like, I guess I'm going to be the first one to break it to you. I go, yeah, you are. Like, what? He goes, you were drafted. And I go, don't play. I was like, don't play with me. Like, stop lying. Like, no, he goes, you were just drafted by North Carolina in the third round. Like, you were the 20th seventh pick and I literally go I'm gonna have to call you back and I hung up and I just started bawling I was bawling hysterically because I'm like what just happened like I was like is this I was like is this your life and so then like as I'm crying I go to social media and I go to the Carolina Courage Instagram page and lo and behold there is my face there there is my draft number and I'm like oh shoot yeah a lot of expletives were probably used in the time a lot were and so I call my mom I'm bawling yeah like she thinks I got in a car accident because she knows I'm driving home like she's like are you okay like where are you what is going on and like I'm like sobbing this out I'm like turn on the draft like I got drafted and she just starts bawling herself like oh my god she's like get get home now (laughs) we need to celebrate like i like i was like i think i cried for the rest of my the rest of the joy yeah the rest of the (laughs) joy i was in saint joe i had like an hour and 15 minutes till i was home and i was just i was so emotional so many people were calling me i do not remember that hour and 15 minute drive yep I remember nothing of it. I so many people were calling me and congratulating me, and like it was just phone call after phone call. Someone would call me, or I'd have to call someone back because I was on the phone. So like, I don't remember any of that drive after I got that phone call. I was just like, get me home now, get me out of this car. Yep, let's do it. Yeah. And like the funny thing is, I was still in my knee brace and on crutches. So I was just like, you're like a little hobble as you get. I, I literally oh, was just like hobbling. Oh, yeah. Like I was just like, this is this is my life right now. So that's awesome. And 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 I said it. I, I told the listeners right. JC's 
So yeah, that that is how I my draft day. <laughs> so it started so yeah. high. We had a little adversity. Boom! You get drafted. You find out in the car ride home yeah. while you're in a knee brace. You're crying for an hour and a half. Yep. Your, your, your hoodie, your Nebraska hoodie's probably soaked. I actually was wearing like a red Nebraska hoodie. Of, so. course, of course you are, right? Of course you are. So you get home, you're celebrating. You've been drafted. But what still looms there is the injury that's, that's right front and center. Yeah. So what was it like? I was a month out of surgery. I okay. still had... 10 months. I still had 10 months to go. So right. I was just like, okay, what do I now do what? now? Yeah. Now what? Yeah. Now I was what? just like, okay, here, here we go. This is, I have something to work towards now. Like, obviously I was still had something to work towards through my recovery, but like now this, it's right this, here. Yeah. This gave it a bigger meaning. This gave me actually something to really just hold on to like, Okay, I'm working towards getting back out on that field with this team. Right. So what was the the rehab then like while you're down there in North Carolina? Um, what was that that your time like with them? Yeah. So since I was injured, they didn't like have me go out there early. Paul Riley, great guy, amazing coach. He's like just graduate get your degree done with now so you don't have to deal with it later he's like there's nothing you can do out here you just be rehabbing so he's like get all that stuff done with take care of it and then when you're done head on out so that's what i did i kept rehabbing graduated i came home for two days packed all my stuff up drove out to north carolina so i i was only out there for probably three months because it was towards the end of the season i mean it wasn't that like I was gone for most of it because I was still in school rehabbing. So I loved it. The team team was so fun when I was there. There is four other girls in my draft class. So it was really fun. Ashley Hatch, Darian Jenkins, and Claire Wagner. So it was really fun to be with those girls and to just kind of experience it together. Um, me and Darian, we got to spend a lot of time together because she was nursing an injury too because she had an ankle injury, a lower body injury with that. So me and her spent a lot of time together, which it was really fun to get to know her, to get to be around her. Um, very competitive, amazing person to be with. So we competed every day with our rehabs, which was really fun. It kind of gave both of us something to like look forward to. We weren't just isolated and on our own. Yeah. So that was really nice to have each other during that process. We were both draftees. We couldn't play. So it was nice to have her to work with and – we kind of bonded with that and no one else could understand what we were going through. So it was nice to have someone to lean on with that, but I really enjoyed my time there. It's a great team. Paul created a great atmosphere, team environment. It's one, it's a big family out there. So I really loved the couple months I got to spend there. It was really hard not being able to play because it's such a fun environment. Everyone's so competitive. The, Trainings are so fast-paced. Every everyone's on the same page. Get the job done. So it was really fun to just be able to experience and see some of that firsthand. Right, and and then after that, um, you were released, correct? And then yep. invited to Seattle Rain yeah. um, FC for their preseason. So you you come back from injury, yep. um, surgery. You're you're there. 
what percentage were you at a, a at a hundred percent you could say at the preseason no i wasn't at 100 percent. mainly just coming back from any injury you need you need playing time you need yeah. to play you need to practice so like i hadn't really had a practice environment i had girls in kansas city that i was training with and doing stuff with which was amazing to me i had shay graham Haley hansen some other girls that were here. So like, that was nice that I could still like do some training stuff, but like I wasn't in a practice environment, which is, I mean, you don't get that unless you're with a team. So like I knew I wasn't a hundred percent. I was probably at like 75, 80. I still needed that last kind of kick to like fully get back there. So, I mean, I was still pretty confident going into preseason. I was in good shape. I felt good. So I was ready for it. I ended up getting signed, which was really nice a week before our first game, I got into another contact injury. Uh, We were scrimmaging. A ball got cleared out to me. I was playing the nine, and I was chesting it down, turning away from the defender. And, like, she just grabbed, like, my penny slash jersey, and, like, when she stepped, her foot landed on my planted foot, which was my right knee again. So – She landed on my right knee and I was turning away from her. So my foot got stuck in the turf and as I turned, okay. So I went down and I was like, all right, I know something's wrong. I know my, I know this knee. So we went and got the MRI. I had partially retorn my ACL and I had some like little meniscus damage, but like that was not that big of a deal. So they kind of gave me an ultimatum. It's either I get surgery now or I rehab it and see if I can get it to function. And I was like, all right, let's go the rehab route. I do not want to go through another surgery. Like, yeah, that is misery to me. <sighs> so I rehabbed it for almost the whole season. I got back with like a month and a half left. I They cleared me. I passed all my tests, my strength test, cutting everything. So then I was eligible. So I got to dress out. Um, I got to play in two of our last like five games, which was kind of fun for me. I did get right. to make like my debut. Those are your first minutes. Yeah, yeah those were, like, my first minutes I was actually eligible for. Yeah. So, like, that was fun that I did get to get into some games. But, like, it wasn't much. I mean, like, I knew I wasn't going to play that much. I was just coming off an injury of five months. Mm-hmm. So, like, Blacko, I knew he wasn't going to play me. I I hadn't been in training. Right, I hadn't right. Been, I hadn't been through the whole season. So, like, I was a game changer coming off the bench, which was fun for me, like, I was happy he gave me the opportunities. So then we go into off season training, getting ready to go back out to Seattle. We get back out to Seattle. My knee kind of like was wearing and tearing. Like I was kind of in constant pain, but I was like, I can get through it. It's fine. Throughout the season, just playing cutting. I finally got to the point where like I got hit in track practice and it kind of just like didn't feel right. Yeah. And I was in a good amount of pain, but I kept going and then I was just running and I just heard it pop, like my last pop. And I was like, all right, it's it's time. I need to go get an MRI again. Yeah. I went I went and got my MRI. My ACL is completely gone. They couldn't find it. It wasn't on the MRI. I had a good amount of meniscus damage. My cartilage was completely just like a Christmas tree lit up. So like, all right, here we go. It's you need you need surgery. And I was like, Yeah. All right, all right it's time. Third one let's do it yeah here we are so i got my surgery four and a half hours later my knee was fixed i got a new acl they fixed up both my meniscuses 
try to clean out my cartilage as much as they could. But at that point, there's not really much you can do with your cartilage. And then they put another graft and it's called the ALL. So it's kind of like a second ACL in a sense. Mm -hmm. It kind of has a protector. So then they put that in as well. So then that rehab was now going to be a year long recovery because I got cadaver grafts. They weren't from my body. It was from someone else. So with that, it takes longer for them to get adjusted to your body and to grow back into your body. And okay. since it was my third one on my right knee, right. my ortho was like, you need the full year. Your body needs to adjust. You need yeah. to let it fully heal correctly if I wanted to continue to keep playing at the level I was at. He's like, just for safety measures, this needs to happen. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, like you're, you were in there, you saw everything, like, great, let's go with it, let's do it. And off and running I went. And it's finally a year later, I can say I have had no ACL tears at this point in time. We're doing good. I feel healthy. I feel great. So I can't complain. And, that, and you won't, and you won't because, okay. yes. You you've been and and you've been going through these these ACLs. You talked about the rehab and 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 going through surgery and all that. And I know what what brought us together um, was was our friend Jason, who and you mentioned his his business AGY a Greater You. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know, I'm just gonna let you go and and you just you know <laughs> briefly go into it because I and I spoke with Jason and. Jason and I, he helps me out with a lot of my high school teams. He comes yeah. out and and uh, works with them in injury resiliency. He doesn't say prevention because you yeah. can't prevent an injury. You no, can you can't. More resilient to injury, and that's yes. that's straight from the man's mouth himself. He said that. <laughs> um, so, how did you meet Jason, and and what what's some of the stuff that you do at AGY? Yeah. Um, so I met Jason three years ago, which it feels weird that it's been that long, but I met him three years ago, uh, in the off season, I just got a part-time job just to keep myself busy and entertained. Yeah. Um, and through that part-time job, he was like an ambassador for the company I was working for. So my store manager linked me up with him and was like, he's a trainer. Like he trains some of like the sporting Kansas city guys, like, you play soccer like you're a pro like here like here's his contact information go check him out see like what it's all about yeah. so ever since then i have not stopped seeing him training with him kept in contact with him like he has become a big part of my life now in just the three years that i've known him and been training with him so he is one of my favorite people to be around i come back to kansas city most of the time just to see him just to train with him and just to get better with him, he challenges me every time I'm with him. Like it's something new that he wants to see that if I can do it and see how my body takes it and what I can do with that movement that he gives me. So with me, three ACLs later, we do a lot of stability, a lot of glute, a lot of core breathing exercises just to make sure like my body is stable, my body can embrace her impact on a soccer field. That's a lot of, of the big things that me and him focus on is like jumping, cutting, staying low, just knowing my body and understanding how it works. He's really big on that. And he really challenges you to understand how your body works. Like I know the three years I've worked with him, 
I can do different things now that I couldn't do before him. Right. And so like, that's really fun for me to just see like how my body has been changing since I've been with him and like the impact that he has had on my career as an athlete, the things that I can now do, I'm just like, Holy crap. Like I've been through three ACL rehabs. Like my body goes through so much, just let alone during those rehabs. Yeah. And the fact that I can still do all of this with him and then, and then some on top of that, I'm just like, this is amazing. And like my body and like just my knees, everything, like I've never felt this good since probably before my first ACL tear. So I can't thank him enough for working with me and being able to like take care of my body the way it should be taken care of as being like a professional athlete it's just amazing to have someone in Kansas city that is very passionate about what they do and to apply that and for people to catch on and to learn what he is like teaching and like the fact that he's passionate about soccer and like he wants to get involved and he wants to help the soccer community in Kansas city. And he wants to help athletes be able to reach their potential and like to allow them to prevent not really, but to allow them to do that is just an amazing thing. And I wish when I would have, when I was little and in like middle school and high school that I would have had, I would have had that option and that opportunity to work with him. Cause I feel like it really would have benefited me as a soccer player and in my career. I don't know if it would have prevented my ACL tears because they were all contact. It wasn't right. cutting, jumping, whatever, planting. But yeah. yeah, the non-contact ACLs, like that, with that aspect of it, I feel like that would have been like great. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, shoot, Jason should probably just chop this one portion up of what you just said <laughs> for the last three minutes and just put it on his website. <laughs> Uh, but no, I've sent um, since being a high school. I mean, yeah, but I like I mean every word of it though. Like it's not even like a sale. No, oh, I I know. No, I trust me. I I've I've heard yeah. it. I've had I've sent him a few girls um, that I've trained since or that I coach in high school who have gone to him after injuries or who were looking to play at college and they they swear by him. Yeah. Um, I, I personally am afraid to go to him because I've seen some of the stuff he does and it pains me looking like watching my kids do it. I'm like, God, I feel like I just tore something. So I'm afraid to work with him. Um, I know some of the things he has me do. I'm just like, dang it. Yep. So we're going to get ready to end things. All right. We're going to go into the general questions, but, but. You're feeling good now. You're yeah. off the surgery. You're 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 done rehab. You're you're moving. You're grooving. Is there any room for maybe a potential comeback from J.C. Johnson? I definitely yes. There definitely uh -oh. is. Uh -oh. We're, I'm uh -oh. feeling my options. I put my toes in the water. We're seeing uh -oh. we're seeing what's out there. So I love it. Potentially, you could see me back out on the field very soon. So that makes me really excited to think about it. Finally, I'm like to that point. So yes, there is a good potential. I might, I might be able to be out back out there again. Hey, I love it. Can, can we say you heard it here first or is it second? Did you hear no. it? Here? 
I have not really, I've told like family, like my closest friends. So yes, this is like my first public outing of me saying that I could potentially be back out there again. I love it. I love it. So this is an exclusive. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I want to take a quick pause to thank our sponsor, AGY Performance Training. If you're a player in the Kansas City area, elite or pre-elite, and you've got next level goals, AGY Performance Training should be on your radar. Over a dozen MLS, NWSL, and USL pros trust AGY to get them ready for the grind that is professional soccer. Find them on Instagram at AGY Performance Training, A.Greater.U. So, all right, so JC, we, um, let's go into some generic questions here. And I coached some uh, some younger girls team. So when I told them about this podcast and the the female guest list I'm having, they're excited because now they get to talk and see people that are doing what they've done. Um, so they put together a list of questions for me to ask ask the guests. Uh, so you got to be honest with it. Yes. The girls know. They know when you're lying. <laughs> they do. Out. They really do. They call me out all the time if I do it. So, all right, here we go. Uh, what is the best strategy or what is your strategy on becoming a better soccer player and a professional soccer player? Wait, sorry, say that again. My yeah. Wi-Fi is awful. <laughs> no worries. What's your strategy on becoming a professional soccer player or better soccer player? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest things is when you do get older and when you do get kind of get to that age to where you're training a lot, like your training ramps up, you really have to listen to your body and take care of your body recovery wise. So you're ready for that next day. So you're ready for that next step. So you can always be like a hundred percent. Okay. Not a hundred percent, but so you can always be at like your best physically ready to go, ready to do those practices, trainings, games, whatever it may be. Recovery is a really, really big key to help allow you to keep progressing with your game and to keep keep getting better. I think people don't really understand the importance of recovery um, because I know like at the professional level, it is preached. Like your recovery, your cool down, getting your body ready for that next day is very important because you need to be ready to perform. It is your job. You have to perform day in and day out. So recovery is a really, really big thing that people, athletes need to start understanding and like middle school, high school ages so that you can fully grasp it through college. And if you want to keep going past college, because in college you're playing Thursday, Sunday games, Friday, Sunday games, like you have to recover within that little window of time. So like you really need to get used to that and you need to like adjust and get ready for that. So I'd say recovery is a really big thing. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you'll you'll be able to answer this, but let's see. What would you be doing if you weren't playing soccer? Um, well, kind of I haven't been playing soccer. Well, I guess, yeah, um, I guess that's true. So yeah. so I kind of – I'm dipping my toes into coaching. Yeah. But I've actually really enjoyed that a lot. I love being around the girls and being able to help them since I've been in their shoes. I've been there, done that. So it kind of helps having that experience. But if I wasn't going to coach, I'd definitely do something with sports because I love sports. I grew up with sports. My family was very involved in sports. So anything in sports, my my major I got in college was in um, advertising and public relations. So I'd probably do something with that. That, Okay. In that area. I just don't know what yet. All right. I haven't got that far yet. But 
trying to like see that, but I really enjoyed coaching a lot. All right. Um, do you put your cereal in the bowl before the milk or after? <laughs> Definitely cereal first, then you pour the milk okay. and then you eat it. If you have leftover milk, then you can put more cereal in. Okay, so that's when it's acceptable to pour. That's the only time it's okay. acceptable to pour cereal and the milk. All right, so that's another exclusive. That's a first. <laughs> I'm, I, I, can, I can rock with that. Okay. Um, were you a good soccer player in third grade? I'm going to do a humble brag. Yes, I was. <laughs> I... Uh I was, I was very competitive. I had three older brothers, like I said earlier. So like I was very competitive when I was on the soccer field or at practice. So I was like one of those annoying kids that took things really serious when yeah. I was little. I was like, I want to win. I want to be the best and I'm going to be the best. Come on, Sarah. You've got to work harder, Sarah. Come on. Yeah. Kind of. That was, yeah, that was, yeah, that was you. You, that was you with yeah, hands on the hips standing there. Just, yeah, I got yeah. you. And I'm kind of like, I have a very loud voice that travels. So like you really knew when I was yelling at you. Was <laughs> so. not good. Not not good being a keeper when, oh. when you're being yelled at by the striker on the other side of the field. I had to apologize a lot. I think when I was little for being a little bit too competitive, but it's fine. And that happens. That happens. At least you you apologize, right? Yeah, Sometimes. right. I knew. I knew. I probably maybe should have taken it down a notch, but like I was just in the moment. I was like ready. I was like, here hey. we go. You, you, you don't score 195 goals in four years and, and not be competitive. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was really competitive. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so what's a, a pregame meal for you? And is ice cream acceptable as a pregame meal? Pregame meal, okay. I know I couldn't eat ice cream before a game. That would really make me feel like lethargic and like – not the not fastest good. in the world. Yeah. So I'm going to go with personally, no, maybe some people that might work for their bodies. I know but not, not you, not my body. No. Um, if it was like a morning game, I would have like a piece of toast, little eggs and some fruit. I didn't eat that much. If it was a morning game, that's just yeah. kind of how I, I've always been in the mornings. I don't eat that much before training, working out, whatever. So I just get enough in to where I felt like, I was good. I had a steady base. And then at halftime, I needed to have like half a protein bar. I could eat that. But morning games, a bagel, some protein and carb, that's what I had. And I was ready to go. I didn't need that much. Um, if it's a night game, so our Friday games in college, I'd always have this tradition. I'd have two cinnamon rolls for breakfast. Okay. Real healthy. Yeah. Lunch, I'd have like a chicken salad, get kind of just – little something transition in, in the healthy yeah transition to something i couldn't eat a lot on game days i don't yeah, know why. yeah just, my stomach I, i'm uh, yeah uh, it's not I'm like a, i was i wasn't nervous it's was just kind of how my body was so like yeah. i had like a salad i always made sure i had protein just i needed protein and then like for dinner i maybe had like a little cup of pasta protein in that or like mm. a chicken and some like veggies or something or like a carb so i I was just really weird on game days. I didn't really eat that. I didn't eat a lot. Right. Just kind of, I was more about like kind of nutrition or uh, drinking, like hydrating. I would drink a lot of water, get a lot of electrolytes in, cherry juice, kind of that type of stuff is like what Ooh. I kind of mainly focused on. Okay. Um, food was kind of like secondary to me at that point. Like I knew I needed to eat. I knew I needed energy, but I couldn't really eat that much just knowing right. just how so I am. Yeah. 
Okay, so JC, we've gone into some detail about little JC. What kind of gets her to tick? Uh, what is some, what's the adversity you've gone through? You know, just, I think you've got a very interesting story, especially with the, um, the injuries that, that have taken over and how you've been so resilient with it and bouncing back. And uh, so I want to thank you for, for being a guest on. Um, but before I let you go, we've got to do the Dream 5 aside, okay? Now, with this, it's you get to pick two teams, right? One team is going to be you plus four people who you've ever played with, right? Anyone. And you must include a goalie. Do not disrespect them, okay? I got in trouble for that from my friend. <laughs> um, and then the next five is going to be you and you plus four people of anyone you ever would want to play with in their prime and not their prime. Maybe you want to share the pitch with Maradona when he's out of his prime, because I'm sure those stories would be crazy. Oh, yes. Uh, but yeah, JC, let's hear it. All right, so my, I guess four plus me, five aside. Goalkeeper would be Michelle Betos. Um, I love playing with her. She's an amazing, amazing player. Uh, I would do Kristen McNabb. She's just tenacious and like, don't mess with her. She's up bulldozer coming at you uh justice lock she sees the field so well just amazing say, say that last name just what fish lock okay gotcha he's so fun to play with sees the field just amazing work ethic and then i would go with myself <laughs> for, all right and then last person i would play with would probably be megan rapino because i love being with her in seattle she was really fun she knows the game so well, and she did teach me a lot um, when I was around her. Okay. All right. And let's hear the, the all-star, the dream, the dream. All right. So, Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, love, yes. ADB. Freaking love him. Um, oh, boy. Let's see. Hope Solo for my goalkeeper. She's just a beast. Dude, Hope Solo. Hope Solo. Yeah. Is, is, she's she's racking up these uh <laughs> these no stress Midwest podcast goalkeepers. She's a savage. I want her in goal. Yeah. Um, Hope. All right. I would go with Harry Kane. My, I'm a uh, Man City and Spurs fan, so gotta get my two boys in there. Yeah. Uh, Definitely, I I respect Messi, but I'm a Ronaldo fan, so I'm going with Ronaldo. Yeah, that's okay. I respect Messi. I think Messi is so fun to watch, but Ronaldo is more my position of what I do. So I watched him more since we I could relate better to him. So okay. That's, and there that's we go. My, that's my that's, vibe. That's a team. So now here's the big question I have for you here, and I don't maybe you can or can't answer it, but. Who's going to take the, the shots with you, Harry Kane, and Ronaldo all uh, up there? See, I'm going to be sitting, and they're me and Kevin are going to sit behind them, and they're going to be up there. So uh, okay. me, me, and Kev, me and Kev are going to be the little bit masters, and Harry and Ronaldo, they're going to be doing whatever they're going to do. Doing. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so, so JC's taking a, a step back from the, the striker role, and – and looking to, to share the wealth of scoring. I just feel like me and Kevin see the field really well together. We'd really just understand. You could, <laughs> we'd really you could, understand yeah, each other. Yeah, we'd, we'd feed off each other. Well, so. maybe, maybe that's what they're missing at Man City to win them a Champions League is just the I, likes of a, a matching with you two. Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? 
Uh, well, JC, I want to thank you so much for being a guest uh, on the podcast. Um, before we leave, is there anything that you would like to end the podcast with? Any final words? Any thank yous? Anything? Ah, thank you to you for having me. I've loved watching all the podcasts before me. It's been so fun to see just all the girls in soccer um, and hearing their stories and what they have to say and their experiences. So thanks to you for allowing us to have a platform and a voice. Um, second off, just thanks to everyone who supports women's soccer in the NWSL. Like we really appreciate it. And please keep supporting this league's growing. We have so many talented, amazing players in this league. So please, please watch us. We're trying to kind of break a barrier here in these day and ages. So please join our fight and support us. We'd greatly appreciate it. Well, we, I, I, I definitely love those messages and listen, everyone, we will be on the lookout. If you follow us on social media, uh, please uh, be on the lookout because if there is some news, maybe that, that Miss JC Johnson decides to dust off those cleats, uh, we're going to make sure that, that we announce it on there and we'll have new fans of whatever whatever club that is. So, JC, thank you so much. You've been an awesome guest. Um, I appreciate it. And I know it's a little early for a Sunday morning, but I've had my <laughs> second cup of coffee by 10 o'clock, so I'm, I'm wired. Yeah, I'm awake too, so it's good. Hey, we're, we're doing it. JC, thank you. Uh, everyone listening, thank you for, for the listen, and we will catch you next time.